Ask Aubrey is supported by Eliza and Wild. Eliza and Wild creates all-natural, high-potency CBD products designed to give you targeted, everyday self-care inside and out. Their ingestible and topical CBD products are consciously designed with all-natural and intentionally sourced ingredients and fully recyclable packaging. So it's good for you and for the earth. And y'all, Eliza and Wild literally does not have a single product that I don't love. I have them all. And everything smells and tastes incredible and is made with ingredients that I can feel good about putting on and in my body. I take the CBD and MCT oil drops daily, and they help me to really keep my anxiety and my tension under control. And they also have a line of amazing CBD topical products, including this lip balm that I am truly obsessed with. And like, did you know that CBD actually has anti-inflammatory properties when you apply it directly to your skin? Because I didn't until I started to use this lip balm and it is changing my life. And also it smells amazing, which we all know is really important. And I know that you're going to love these products just as much as I do. So when you grab yours at elizaandwild.com, you can use the promo code Aubrey15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's elizaandwild.com, E-L-I-Z-A-A-N-D-W-Y-L-D.com. And make sure to use code Aubrey15, that's A-U-B-R-E-E-1-5, for 15% off. Hey babes, welcome to this week's episode. Um, my dog is right next to me and she is snoring, so you might hear some of her snores in the background, but I don't, I don't have the heart to move her, so... If you're hearing a sound in the background and confused about what it is, it is my snoring Great Pyrenees. So this episode, I think, is going to be a relatively short one, I think. I guess we'll see when I'm done recording it. Um, but earlier this week, I posted a question on uh, my Instagram story asking folks to share the truths that they are afraid to speak into existence. So these are like the things that your inner critic voice is telling you, things that are rattling around inside your head that might be true, really, you know, deep down something you're carrying, but it feels too vulnerable to speak out loud. And so folks shared a lot of great stuff, um, really powerful. And one person wrote, I'm terrified I will never lose the weight and my fears of worthlessness will be confirmed. I'm terrified I will never lose the weight and my fears of worthlessness will be confirmed. And I was trying really hard with this, you know, question and with this exercise to, you know, not respond, not, you know, I often am one who feels the need to kind of respond to everything. And so I was I was trying actively to not respond to, you know, what people were sharing as their truths. I was trying to let these statements kind of just stand alone and just share them out and, you know, not try to soothe them or erase them or explain them away, right? But just to let them be. But I couldn't just let this one be without saying something. So I said in reply to this person, your worth and your weight are not related. Your worth and your weight are not related. And so that's what I want to talk about today. It's, you know, it's been with me for a few days, um, you know, since I shared this story. And, you know, it feels super present for me lately. I think it kind of always is, you know, this time of the year and the summer, 
you know, when I'm wearing fewer clothes, I'm looking at my body more, other people are looking at my body more, that this kind of like body weight stuff comes up for me personally. So to put it plainly, I grew up feeling like shit about my body. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? I don't think this is a super unique experience, but it just feels important to name that like for me personally, I grew up feeling shitty about my body. And when I look back at photos of myself, I often am kind of struck by how physically small I actually was compared to how I felt um, and compared to the size that I am now, um, you know, but all I ever wanted was to be smaller. And I just constantly was thinking of ways that I could look smaller and take up less space and, you know, not feel like I was, you know, cumbersome or getting in the way or like I was taller than other people, which I, you know, hit puberty early. I was taller than a lot of my friends. I, you know, I was this height that I am now, I think by like fifth or sixth grade. So like, you know, I know a lot of people can probably relate to that moment. But, you know, I felt like I was taller than everyone my age. And, you know, I have curly hair. I have naturally very curly hair. And I, you know, grew up straightening it to be stick straight because that was, you know, what I felt like every other girl around me had super straight hair. And so I wanted to straighten my hair like everyone else. And, you know, definitely it was always just trying to minimize the fact that I was just kind of objectively larger in just about every way than all of my friends, Um, which isn't, again, isn't saying much. I look back and I see how, you know, I, I was a pretty small person. I was like, you know, and not that it matters, but I compare, especially compared to now or when I think about how I, how big I felt, how much space I felt like I was taking up, I look back at that time and just feel like, wow, I, I look at myself and feel like I was small. Um, and I wanted to make myself blend in, right? It's like we all want this belonging. And so I, I kind of, you know, wanted to shrink myself to look as much like everyone else as I could, you know, draw as little attention to myself as possible. So not have things about me be different or stick out, which is funny because that could not be more different now. Um, and, you know, more than anything, this showed up for me as wanting to lose weight and wanting to be thin um, or be skinny. I always would like that was the vernacular that I would use and my friends would use as being skinny. Um, and like that was a compliment, right? Like if you, you know, looked like you had lost weight, it was, oh my God, you look so skinny, which was like a positive thing. Um, and it feels important to say, like for me, this was all against the backdrop of being raised by a mom. And I was raised mostly by my mom, by a mom who was very intentional about not speaking negatively about her body. I mean, I don't recall one time my mother calling herself fat, which now I, you know, to be clear, I don't regard that as a negative term. I, you know, I talk about being fat all the time and don't mean it in a negative way, even as much as people will try to be like, hey, you're not fat. And my response is like, actually, I am. And that's fine. Um, but anyway, I digress. So, you know, my mom was very intentional about not speaking negatively about her body, about anybody else's. You know, she didn't really diet in a way I was ever aware of. She, you know, would talk about wanting us to like eat healthier um, in our home or as a family, but not in a way that was about needing to lose weight, but in a way that was like, oh, let's eat more fruits and vegetables or let's drink more water instead of soda, you know, things like that. And never really talking about anyone's body like there was something wrong with it. So like it, it wasn't that piece. And I think despite 
you know, my mom's best efforts as as my parent and with all of her, you know, relative body positivity, I still was a young woman existing in this world of, you know, bizarrely specific Western beauty standards. Um, And I was hyper-focused on always the standards that I wasn't meeting. And I know this is like people listening to this, I know for so many other women especially, but honestly, folks of lots of different genders who have felt these constraints, right? I mean, this isn't, what I'm sharing isn't some new, like, groundbreaking perspective or thing, right? Um, And it's worth mentioning, I think that this is my experience through the lens of being a white woman. And so recognizing that, you know, these super specific and restrictive and unrealistic beauty standards are super white. And, you know, that if I wasn't white, that adds an entire other layer to what I think for me already felt so unattainable and so impossible. Um, but I yet I looked at magazine covers, I watched movies, I saw people that even if they were ultra thin or they looked a very specific way or, you know, whatever, that I did usually have at least one big thing in common with those people I was seeing, which was our race. But I think the further we are from that arbitrary ideal, the further we feel from from that, the fewer characteristics we have in common with it, right, the more that we're made to believe that we're less than, the more we're made to believe that we need to work to overcompensate to get there. And the more that we then start to feel like we need to like buy all the products and try all the diets and do all of the shit that we can to get us as close as possible to being that, you know, quote, perfect ideal, unquote, of beauty, whatever that means, right? And it's exhausting. I mean, even talking about it is exhausting, right? And it's it's drawing all of this energy that we know could be better spent on literally anything else. And I mean, unfortunately, this is the way that the capitalism works and keeps going, keeps churning, is that it keeps us focused on attaining this completely arbitrary and unrealistic manufactured beauty standard. So, you know, so we'll continue to spend money on the things that get us closer to that. And I mean, think about it. Think about, and this, I mean, this is also true for me. Think about the ways that you spend your money and how many of those things are about bringing you closer to some, you know, made up, just, just unattainable ideal of like what it is to be beautiful, to be sexy, to be attractive, to be successful. And that's what capitalism does. And my views on capitalism is that's a whole that's a whole other podcast episode, isn't it? But listen, if you know me, you know that I I love myself deeply, um, which has taken a shitload of work, but it's also why I do this work now is because it's the most important work I've ever done. I love myself and I love makeup. I love Bath and Body products. I like to dress up. I like to color my hair. You know, all of this kind of aesthetic stuff that makes me feel really good. But I believe that there is a difference between choosing to do something because it actively brings you joy and choosing something because you think your worthiness depends on it. I'll say that again. There is a difference between choosing to do something because it actively brings you joy 
and choosing to do something because you think your worthiness depends on it. And a really good example of this for me, and it relates to some extent to, you know, this person who shared about, you know, losing the weight and their their fears of worthlessness, right? A really good example is changing your diet, changing what you're eating in any way. Um, so personal example, every once in a while, I like to do a Whole30, which if you aren't familiar, you know, Whole30 is basically, and there's, you know, there's a ton of stuff on this if you, you know, want to look into it, but it's basically an elimination diet. So you cut out certain foods from your diet for 30 days, and then you reintroduce them one by one to see your body's reaction to each of those foods. And, you know, what's interesting about Whole30 is like there are definitely people who who would do Whole30 purely for weight loss. Um, but a lot of what Whole30 is about is kind of understanding how your body is responding to certain foods, how, you know, um, where you might have sensitivities to certain foods. It's largely about how foods make you feel. And that could be, honestly, my framing of it. But um, in a lot of the literature you read, that's what it's about. And so the first time I did it, you know, it was an experiment for me to, you know, better understand my body's relationship with sugar, with dairy, with grains, with alcohol. And there's, it's five food groups you eliminate. And there's one more that I always forget. Sugar, dairy, grains, alcohol, legumes. I always forget that one because legumes are not a problem for me. So I, that one's never top of mind. Um, but after doing it, I realized for me that there are, you know, I did it one time, reintroduced, and I realized that there are certain foods that my body doesn't respond very well to, that I feel shitty when I eat and like shitty in different ways. So like one of them is dairy. When I have dairy, I, and this, sorry, this is gross, but it's, I guess not that gross. I just like get phlegmy. I like, if you hear me clearing my throat a lot, doing the like thing, I probably had some dairy. And sometimes I make the choice because the joy of ice cream outweighs the annoyance of having to clear my throat a bunch. But you know, I realized that. And so, you know, it helped me to see that there are there are certain foods that my body doesn't respond well to. And so when I cut them out for a little bit, I feel really good. You know, when I first, when I did my first Whole30, I was shocked. I slept better. I have more energy. My skin looks amazing. Um, and I say all of this stuff about like, you know, your worth and all of that. And like, my worth is not tied to my skin. I, if I, you know, don't have clear skin, I feel great about myself, but also I fucking love having like gorgeous, glowy, dewy skin. So I have a great sense of self-worth. I am also deeply vain. This is who I am. Um, okay. All that to say, every once in a while, I now will choose to do a Whole30 or like a shorter version of a Whole30 because I like how it makes me feel. And for me, that has nothing to do with losing weight. Um, And yeah, sometimes that is a side effect for me and for lots of folks. Um, But that's not the part that matters to me. And, you know, if I don't do a full 30 days of it, if I, you know, set out to do the full 30 and after 10, I'm like, I'm over this. I don't want to do it anymore. That's also fine because the way I'm conceptualizing it, whatever amount I do is a net positive, right? I feel good for those days. I'm doing kind of like a little reset for myself and it feels really good. And it's not a willpower exercise, It's not a shrink myself down exercise. And that's the important part for me is like stuff that's around my weight, feeling like I need to lose weight, feeling like I need to like hold out with my willpower and kind of like suffer for something like that brings up all the shitty shame stuff for me. And that doesn't 
feel good. That doesn't bring me toward a place of like doing something to feel good. It brings me to a place of worthlessness. And because I'm kind of able to have that self-awareness, that's not the mindset I'm going to go in with. I'm not going to go into something like, hey, I want to lose five pounds from doing this. I'm seeking the feeling that I want to feel, right? And so, you know, if you're friends with me and you've ever talked to me about your diet, a diet you want to try, an exercise plan you want to do or whatever, and you talk to me about, you know, the weight you want to lose or, you know, you want to look thinner or you want to fit into clothes or whatever, then I have probably stopped you or, you know, politely listened to you finish talking and then followed up to ask you, oh, cool, how do you think you'll feel when you do it? Because, and, you know, there, <laughs> I have friends who get annoyed with me for this, but I have friends who also have changed their mindsets on this because I ask this question, right? I am laser focused on that because I think that the way we so often focus on weight loss, I mean, for a ton of reasons, can be so unhealthy. And there's, I'm not a scholar in this world by any means. There are a ton of great people who are. Let me know if you would like me to share some of those because I will. Um, so, you know, this is me speaking from my own experience. But, you know, I think because of this question that this person asked, I think it's so indicative of how we think about weight and weight loss and kind of the, the you know, insidious undertones that exist when we talk about like, oh, you know, I want to lo lose weight to feel good about myself or I want to lose weight, you know, to get fit into clothes or whatever it is. So often un what's underneath that is that you feel like you are not okay or worthy as who you are right now. You know, what this person has named, even if it's at a deep subconscious level, they are tying their ability to lose weight with their worthiness. And so for me, focusing on how things make me feel and choosing things that feel good or feel nourishing or empowering is one of the big ways that I've been able to shift my mindset around my body, around my weight. Um, but I actually think an even bigger game changer for me was actually, and this happened in college, I was big into Tumblr. I wonder if any Tumblr fans are listening. I, um, I still scroll through Tumblr sometimes, but it's become much less fun for me now. Um, but on Tumblr, I, at some point in college, started following people. And this was at the suggestion of someone I was dating. Um, I, was, I would start following people, whether it was, you know, some models, artists, some just like regular humans who posted photos of themselves, but people who were fat. And, you know, by the time I was in college, I talked about, you know, looking at my young adult self and like actually was like relatively thin, um, I guess probably, um, I don't know how I was going to say, I was like pretty average weight, but like what the fuck does that even mean, right? But, um, you know, I gained weight when I was in college. And so by the time I was in college, I was what you would probably categorize as fat and probably on the smaller side of fat. Um, you know, I was about the size I am now, maybe a little larger. Um, and I guess if you're listening, you haven't, you may not have seen my, you know, a full body image of me. Um, but basically, like, I can wear straight size clothes. I can wear clothes that you can buy in at, like, Target or whatever. Um, but I usually wear kind of, like, the largest size possible or maybe one size away from that. 
Um, I can fit in an airplane seatbelt without an extender, but I, you know, do worry a little bit about sitting in like a rickety lawn chair. So I was definitely larger than most like mainstream actresses or musicians or models or, you know, people you would see kind of in any mainstream media at that time. I couldn't just like look anywhere and see myself. Um, But seeing images of people who looked like me, who were my size or larger or, you know, people who kind of shared that quality of being fat with me and who loved themselves and obviously so loved themselves enough to take photos or to, you know, to make it clear that they felt sexy and they felt confident. This was revolutionary for me. Like, I absolutely cannot stress that enough. It changed everything. And, you know, I haven't changed my philosophy of how I how I kind of curate what I'm taking in since then. On every social media channel that I'm active in, I'm very intentional about following people whose bodies remind me of mine in some way or or whose bodies are different from mine. But being intentional about not just flooding myself with images of thin white women, which I think is so easy to do. And so, you know, this is important, I think, for literally everyone. I think, you know, if you're, whether it's your skin tone or your hair type or your body size or your ability status, or if there's literally any part of you, any part of who you are or how you look that isn't represented when you look at magazines or movies or TV or whatever, then A, like, that just needs to change. Obviously, we need to have more you know, diverse and broad representation. And that's an important conversation in and of itself. But two, it is critical for you and for your self-concept and for your sense of self-worth that you are taking control of repeatedly kind of flooding yourself with these messages, right? Whether it's explicitly or subliminally that your body is a good body, that people who look like you are beautiful and can be confident and are worthy. And so, I mean, just I guess to recap, it's really, it's two things for me that have helped me get to the place that I'm in now. And this person didn't explicitly ask for this, but here I am offering it because I think this is so important um, is that your, you know, your worthiness and your weight are not related. And so the things that make me, that, that connect me to that fact that my weight and my worthiness are not, you know, connected to one another. The first is to make choices based on how something will make me feel and not whether I think that thing will make me worthy because I'm already fully and completely worthy. So choosing choosing based on how something will make me feel versus whether I think it will make me worthy. And the second is intentionally seeking out these images and examples of people who look like me and not necessarily exactly like me, but who share those qualities specifically that I feel insecure about. Especially images of people who are confident, who obviously love themselves. Because this is going to help you. It's going to help you in rewiring your brain with new messages about your body. And, you know, to believe that that level of confidence and self-love is possible for you too. Because it is. 
Okay, was that actually shorter than I know I said at the beginning, this is going to be shorter. It wasn't actually that much shorter, but you know what, that's okay. Um, and listen, I know that diet culture is pervasive and it's powerful, right? And it would have you believe that you're not worthy until you lose the weight or until you fit into that one specific tiny item of clothing or until you have the willpower to completely give up you know, X food that you think of as a bad food. There is no bad food. But those things are lies. You are worthy right now exactly as you are. And I know I say that over and over again, but y'all, it's kind of my, I'm, that's what it all boils down to. Everything I talk about. You are worthy right now exactly as you are. There is no if, there is no when right now exactly as you are. And it's okay to want to eat differently or, you know, to try a certain kind of exercise or to want to wear clothes that you like. Okay, I get that. I really do. But there is a difference and it can feel really subtle, but there is a difference between doing that because it will feel good and affirming for you and doing it because you think it's what will make you worthy. And it won't make you worthy because you already are. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.